0: So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Joseph. I I love this church. A little over a year and a half ago, uh, my wife and I actually fell in love with this church on a worship night. Believe it or not, I came on a Sunday and then my wife came on Wednesday at a worship night and we've just been in love with this place ever since. And so I'm going to get the honor to get to speak to you for just a few minutes today. Um, and some of you are smiling because you don't know if I can speak for a few minutes. But I will speak as short as possible because it's not about the message, it's about glorifying God tonight. So I'm going to read um, a short passage of scripture from Revelation Chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 20. I believe they're going to have that on the screen. So, Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And here's what the word of God says It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And then, verse 20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. Will you pray with me for just a moment? God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the moments we're gathered together that we can glorify you. We can shout that you have a beautiful and powerful name. And that, God, we believe that chains are broken at the moment that you step into our situation. So, God, we pray over the next few moments that we would just lean in with you, lean in with your word. And, God, we would walk out of here knowing that we've encountered a living God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm sure everyone here has dated before, right? Well, some of you may be a little too young. Most of you have dated before, okay? Some of you, it's been a while. It's been five years, 10 years, a little longer. We won't talk about how long, but it's been a while, all right? But you remember whenever you were dating, then maybe maybe you found somebody that you kind of liked and you were super interested in. Things were going really well, right? You guys liked the same things. It just seemed like God was putting you together. All the doors were opening the right way. And you were ready to take the relationship to the next level, And so you begin to make it incredibly obvious that you were ready to take that next step. But then you found out pretty quick that you had been put in what everybody hates, the friend zone. Anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand, but there are a few people smiling because you're like, I remember, yep, I've been put in the friend zone, right? You wanted the relationship to take the next step, but they didn't want the same thing. And they were still nice, they were still polite, you were still friends, you still saw each other from time to time, but you didn't get to take that next step, you didn't get to go deeper in that relationship, right? Or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you have a friend, maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody at school, maybe even somebody in the church that you're like, man, I would really like to get to know them better. I have a lot of respect for them. I enjoy the few moments that we get to have together. And I would really, really like to go deeper with our friendship. And you try and you try and you try and you try, but they never want to hang out with you. They never return your phone calls within 24 hours. And you're like, man, I just want to be closer with you. I just want a deeper relationship. But it's incredibly obvious that they don't want the same thing. Or maybe you've been married, right? And so when you're when you first get married, everything is so sweet, right? I mean, everything just is clicking. You like all of the same things. You finish each other's sentences. Like you just love everything about each other and you spend so much time together. But as life goes on, you get busier. And life gets harder, and now there's kids involved, and work is getting harder, and things are adding up, and things don't quite look the way you thought they would look. And you were so close at one time, but now you're really just kind of walking through the motions. You're still doing your marriage duties. You're paying the bills. You're taking care of the kids. You're, you're walking in and out of the building. But all, all of a sudden, you realize, man, we're, we're not as close as I thought we would be. I and mean, we're not even as close as we used to be. But we're still polite, we're still friendly, we're still, we're still in a relationship, but it's just not as deep as I thought that it would be. And whenever you read the Bible, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, what you find is that is the exact same thing that God experiences with us. You see, what we want is we want intimate relationships with people. We don't want just casual relationships. We don't want just friendships. We don't want just respect. We want intimate relationships. And when you read throughout the Bible, you find that that is exactly what God wants with us. He wants an intimate and deep relationship. But so many times throughout the Bible, you find humanity, you find his creation kind of stiff-arming God away and saying, Hey, as long as we keep this casual, as long as I keep you in the friend zone, we're going to be fine. And so what you do is you have this story of this God who desires so strongly to be intimate with this creation. You find it in Genesis, right? Adam and Eve eat of the forbidden fruit. They sin. And then what we find is a picture of God wandering through the garden asking where his children are. Because he wants an intimate and deep relationship. With his creation, we find with the Israelites, God does these incredible miracles. He does all of these plagues. He parts the Red Sea. He does all this awesome stuff for the Israelites. And just a few months later, the people, he said, you are my chosen people. I love you. I want to be intimate with you. What we find is the Israelites building a golden calf and worshiping a God other than the one that they knew. We find it in the New Testament. We find pictures. We find a lot of stories and parables of God. He's pictured as a father who loves his two sons, but one of his sons wants to take his inheritance and he wants to go and spend it all. And the father wants him to stay, but because he loves his son, he chooses to let him go and do his own thing. But the story shows that he stays there constantly hoping that his prodigal son is going to return. And we find it in a story of a shepherd that he loves his flock But whenever one wanders away, he's willing to leave the 99 to go and find one. Because here's the thing about God, is God has the ability to make us obey. God has the ability to make us fear. God does not have the ability, because of his own choice, to make us love him. But what he wants more than anything else is a deep and intimate love with his creation and with his people. And what we find a lot of times is the way that we keep the, casual, we keep the relationship casual, the way that we keep God at a distance is what we do is we create formulas. Now, formulas look different for a lot of different people. It depends on how you grew up. The way I grew up, here was the way the formula looked. If I wanted to be close to God, if I wanted to get God's blessing, if I wanted to go to heaven, here's all I had to do, right? I had to go to church, had to read my Bible every once in a while, had to pray at dinner, sometimes at night, and um, if, if, I, if I sinned, I just had to say a quick little prayer asking for forgiveness, and I was good. That was it. That's the formula. That's all you got to do, and you will get exactly what you want from God. You'll go to heaven. You'll be blessed. Just check it off the list week after week after week after week after week. But the problem is what we do is we focus so much on the formula and the formula is so focused on what we can get from God that it never actually forces us to realize that the prize isn't what we can get from God. The prize is God himself. And the prize is that God actually wants an intimate relationship with you and he wants an intimate relationship with me. But the reason that we don't ever get intimate is because we like to keep things casual. Because as long as it's casual, I don't have to go all in. As long as it's casual, I can can just do a little bit to get by, just a little bit to make it into heaven. And what we find in Revelation chapter 3 is we actually find more of this type of thing going on. What we find in Revelation chapter 3 is a story where, where God is speaking through John and he's writing all these different letters to these churches and he writes a church to Laodicea and he writes this letter and in this letter we find this language of, hey, you're neither hot nor cold, you're just lukewarm. What he's doing is he's saying, hey... You're a church, you are Christian people in a Christian church who believe in God. You're doing good things. You're checking everything off the list, but you're not actually hot. You're not actually intimate with me. You're just lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, it says that I'm gonna spit you out. And a lot of times we read this and we say, man, what a rebuke. He put them in their place. I mean, seriously, if he's going to spew them out of his mouth, man, he must be angry. But if you continue to read, and then we read in verse 20, here's what he says. He says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's given us this picture that he says, hey, you may be a church. You may be a Christian. You may be checking off a lot of good things but you're not fulfilling what I want for you. And what I want for you is to be intimate. And the picture we get is it's not God saying, man, you're way over there. I wish you would come over here. The picture is actually the opposite. It's God knocking at the door saying, would you just let me in? Would you just let me be close to you? Would you just let me be intimate? You have kept this barrier from allowing me to be close with you. And I just want to come in and I want to be with you. But it's scary to get close with God. Because here's the thing, when I go all in, it's not just me getting more of God, it's actually God getting more of me. And you see, this is the difficult part because we like the part where it says, man, I can get whatever I want. But those of you that know, that's a pretty terrible relationship. If it's one side giving very little, but getting everything else from the other one, right? Like I've got two daughters and if they ever bring a boy home who treats them like crap, they're gonna be in some trouble. Like they need to love you. They need to respect you. They don't need to just expect something from you. They need to be willing to give towards you. But what we do with God is we say, man, as long as I can just get, 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 we're fine. We're casual. We'll just keep it cool. But God say, man, I want so much more. I don't just want to give. If you'd be willing to go all in, man, I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to take and we'd be willing to give of ourselves and so I love reading all throughout the Bible. We love scriptures that says, man, he must increase and I must decrease. Man, we preach sermons about, man, you got to die to your flesh. You got to kill yourself. You got you to bring yourself down. And I love those. Man, I have preached those. Man, I believe in those. But I was going to tell you, that is hard. I have been trying for 28 and a half years to try to decrease so he can increase. And you want to know, I'm just terrible at it. I would love to say, man, I got no issues with pride, but that's a lie. I would love to say, man, I got no issues with greed, but that's an even bigger lie. I'd love to say I have no sin, I have no faults in my life, but man, I struggle so much. And I have this constant battle I used to have that I used to feel like, man, I just got to keep pushing myself down. I got to keep pushing myself down. I've got to quit. I've got to just keep killing my flesh. I've got to quit. I've just got to keep and keep and keep. But the thing is, I finally realized when it comes to God is I don't have the ability to actually kill my flesh. What the ability that I have is I have the ability to actually give myself to God. You see, I can try and I can try and I can try and I can try to try to limit myself and destroy my flesh and try to decrease myself, but I can't do that. But what I can do is I can take portions of me and I can give it to God. I can say, man, I can't do this, but I will give you this. Man, I can't decrease, but I would give you this. And so when it comes to intimacy, I believe it's not just about what we can get, but it's about what we're willing to give to God. And when it comes to intimacy, really there's a ton of things you could do to be more intimate. Be more intimate in your relationships, be more intimate in your marriage. when it comes to being intimate with God, I think there's three things that I'd like to share with you. Three things we could do to be more intimate with God and they're very similar to your relationships. And the first one is we can give God time. The first way we can increase our intimacy is by giving God time. I mean, unstructured, unrushed, unmoved—just simple time alone with God. My wife, literally two days ago, she looked at me and she says, "Hey, we haven't been on a date night in a long time." You know what I said? Babe, I just spent all week last week with you. What do you need a date night for? And she said it was fun, but we weren't alone. It was fun, but we didn't just have this alone time. And some of you, you've been there. You remember when, man, you used to get up and you'd do your 15 minutes every morning. Man, you would pray and you would read your word and you did it day after day after day and you just felt like things were changing in your life. You just noticed that God continued to move. You just noticed that you just felt like your spirit was increasing. You just noticed that it felt like things just seemed to be okay even when they weren't okay because you knew God was with you. Because when we're willing to take just a few moments, we're willing to take just a short amount of time and give it to God, what we're doing is we're saying, I don't just want more of you. God, I want you to have more of me. The second thing we can give to increase our intimacy is we can try something new. And I know this really surprises you. And if you read any article, they will say one of the top three things people can do to gain intimacy is do something new together. So maybe you've experienced this before. Maybe you went overseas to a country you've never been to before with your spouse or with somebody. And, man, you talked about it for decades. Man, that was so cool. Or you go try a new restaurant, a new food you've never had before, and either one of two things happened. Either you loved it and it became your new favorite restaurant, or you hated it and said we're never going to eat that again, right? But there was this moment where you just kind of got closer together because you had an experience of something brand new you've never done before with that person. And I think one of the ways we can get more intimate with God is if we're willing to try something new with Him. And for us, it all looks a little different. For some of you, when I say try something new, it's as simple as just praying the 15 minutes of prayer that Pastor Ben talks about every single week, it feels like. Spend 15 minutes of prayer and in your word every day. Man, that would be the new thing, the one new thing you could try. For some of you, the one new thing you could try, I know know this is going to be crazy, But whenever we play songs, the one new thing for you is you could sing the song. And I know, I know, man, that I just like listening. Trust me, I sing with a joyful noise, but I am never allowed to sing on this stage. But that doesn't keep me from singing my heart out behind Pastor Ben and him wondering why he hired me. But that's okay. Like I mean, I love to sing. But hey, some of you, man, thats I, I'm, I'm joking, but in all seriousness, that could be the next thing for you, is instead of just listening to the words you believe in your heart, actually saying them out loud and putting words, putting effort into the things that you believe are true. For some of you, man, it could be as simple as just, you know what, I love to sit here with my arms crossed, and it's just, it's my spot, right? Like, I just, I just sway right here. There's nothing wrong with that. You have no rhythm. That's okay. I don't either, but I dance, all right? But hey, hey. Literally, the thing that could be for you is, man, you know what? I've never tried this whole surrender thing that people talk about. I've never actually symbolically said, God, I surrender to you. And so, and so, so maybe this, maybe, maybe touchdown praise is kind of weird for you. But, you know, you could, you could try right here. You say, Joseph, why, why are you being so dumb about this? I'm goofing around, but in all seriousness, man, there is something about trying something new when you're doing it to try to grow closer with God. For some of you, man, it could be simple. You've never actually served in your community before. And what you could do over the next few weeks is you could actually get up, you could join Pastor Will in the outreach team, and you could say, you know what? I'm gonna go serve somebody else for once in my life because I actually want to grow more intimate with God. I wanna try something new. But the thing is, you gotta be willing to say, I don't just want more of God, but I want God to have more of me. But the third thing you could do, you've got time, you could try something new. The third thing, and I know we hate this word, but the third thing you could do is you could submit. I know this has a really negative connotation to a lot of people. I know a lot of people, when you hear the word submit, some of you are smiling, some of you are frowning, some of you won't listen to anything I say the next five minutes, and that's okay. But submit is actually a good thing. But man, we don't like submitting. We don't like the idea of saying, man, I have to submit to somebody or to something. But if you think about it, I don't know of a single marriage this lasted. Meet people like, like Marvin Peggy, who've been married for decades. And you, and you sit down and you talk with them and you hear a little bit of their story. And what you found is they actually chose to mutually submit to each other year after year after year that people like that actually believe that if I submit to her, she's gonna to submit to me. And instead of me just trying to gain what I want in life, I can actually help her or help him gain what they want in life. And so what we do is we have this mutual submission, but every time that you mutually submitted, you grew closer and closer and closer together. But here's the thing, God knows that we struggle with submission. He knows that in our heart, we don't like submitting. And so here's what God did. As God said, if you really struggle with submitting, if you really struggle with taking the first step, I'll do it for you. You see, here's what God did. We're gonna celebrate it in in almost 40 days and I'm almost done, band or, or will, whoever's gonna come up here. But in almost 40 days, we're gonna celebrate this time wherever God said, you know what? I know you struggle submitting to me. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna actually submit to you. You see, he took the first step when he was willing to come and die on a cross. You see, we we love celebrating his death. We love celebrating his resurrection. We love saying, man, this is awesome. We love wearing the crosses. We love having big Easter parties and Easter egg hunts and doing all of these things. But the reality is, whenever he came and he died, what he was doing is he was saying, hey, I'm gonna take the first step towards you. You don't have to wonder if I truly love you. You don't have to wonder if I'm actually for you. You don't have to wonder if I want what's best for you. I'm going to literally show you with my life. Because scripture says no greater love has any man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And so maybe, maybe over the next few weeks, maybe over the next 40 days, what we could do is in light of remembering what Christ has done for us, remembering that he was willing to choose to lay down his life to take that first step for us, maybe what we could do is we could submit our will to him over the next few weeks. Maybe what we could do is submit ourselves and say, God, I, just, I don't just want more of you. God, I want you to have more of me. And you know, we came up with this idea called all in. And today we're going to do it for 40 days. And I'd love to tell you that we're incredibly strategic. And 14 months ago, we planned this out and we knew it was going to be perfect. That's not the way it happened. What happened was, as the Lord began to speak to Pastor Will. Laura began to speak to Dave and this team. The Lord began to speak to our team and believe that he was calling us to do something. You know, the funny thing is, is, this isn't the first time that God called someone to do something for 40 days to grow intimate with them. I'm gonna show you in Luke chapter four, verses one and two, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, And at the end of them, he was hungry. (laughs) So Jesus himself, the guy that we are celebrating, the reason that we are all here, was led by God to spend 40 days of intimacy. Before his ministry began, before he ever healed anybody, before he ever ended up on a cross, before he ever rose again three days later, God called him to spend 40 days growing intimate with him. He spent time fasting. He spent time praying. And what did he do? He spent time, he gave God 40 days and said, for 40 days, I'm gonna grow intimate with you, Father. What did he do? He tried something new to our knowledge. He's never fasted for 40 days before, but he tried something new to grow closer with his Father. And he chose to submit his own will to the will of his Father for 40 days. And when it comes out of that, he comes out with renewed purpose. He comes out with vision. He comes out ready to be everything that God has called him to be. And I wonder for us tonight, how many of us, I wonder how many of us have been so fearful and so hesitant to go all in, but God's saying everything I have for you is on the other end of this. Because when we go all in with God, he goes all in with us. See, I'm wondering right now how many of our lives that God is sitting here knocking at the door, saying, man, you're, you're just checking a formula, you're just keeping it casual, but man, I wanna be intimate with you. God say, man, if you just let me in, I wonder what the type of things that He wants to do in our lives, the type of miracles that we would see, the type of things that would happen in our marriages, the type of things that would happen in our homes, the type of things that would happen in our schools, if we said, man, God, just come and be in my life. God, I wanna give you time. God, I wanna do something new for you. God, I wanna submit my will to you. Because the thing with God is whenever we draw near to him, he promises to always draw near to us. So we have this challenge you're gonna hear about every week for the next four or five weeks. For 40 days, we're saying all in. And I know we're crazy. I know, I know we're naive. I know we're young. I mean, I really believe that 40 days of being all in with God will result in some incredible things. I believe that as we begin to draw closer with him, that he draws closer with us. And I believe as we begin to submit ourselves to him that we will see God willing and able to do so many things abundantly more than we could ever think or ask solely because we were willing to be intimate and go all in with God so what we're going to ask you to do now is i'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to say a quick word of prayer we're going to go back and do a time of worship and during this time of worship i'm going to go ahead and challenge you maybe this time maybe right now is the time you can do something new or maybe for you it's say hey, i'm just going to give the next few minutes completely focused on God and completely focused on the songs we're singing. So we pray with me. God, thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you that you came and were one of us. And God, I thank you that you're at the door knocking. And I thank you that you were ready. God, we don't have to go to you. You were right there just begging to come in and begging to be intimate with us. And so God, I pray as a body, God, as the people who are gathered here tonight, God, that we would go all in with you God, it's not just about what I can get from you. God, I want you to have my life. God, I want you to have my heart. God, I want you to have my future. God, I want you to have my marriage. I want you to have my family, God, because you could do so much more than I could ever do with it. And so God, as I began to draw close to you, God, I know that you were just ready to run close to me. So God, I pray that you would continue to be with us tonight, continue to be with us over the next few weeks. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do as we draw close to you in Jesus' name.